welcome to Motherhood from the Brain, a podcast guiding moms of preteen girls on how to navigate emotional challenges that are not addressed in school. We share real stories, expert advice, and brain-based methods for handling tough moments. Discover insights to create a deeper connection with your preteen and improve your motherhood journey. Let's tackle the uncharted territory of parenting together. Hosted by professional certified coach, Esther Babazi. Good morning, moms. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night from wherever you're listening in from. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Motherhood and the Brain podcast. Before we begin, I just want to state a small disclaimer. I am not a psychiatrist or psychologist or any other licensed mental health professional. On this podcast, Motherhood and the Brain, I just share what has helped me improve my life, what has worked for me, what has helped me improve my emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Because I see out there, I see other moms who are in the same place that I was, who think that there's something wrong with them, they're not figuring out this motherhood thing, what is wrong with them. And I can tell you I have been there. That is why this work is so important to me. I just want to help at least one mom out there end emotional suffering. On today's episode, we are going to talk about what are these things that we call thoughts actually. And this is important because many of us were not taught about thoughts in the traditional school systems. So you are not alone in facing the challenge of gaining awareness of what is going on in your brain. I used to think that I had absolute zero control over what was going on in my brain. So, thoughts are neutral. They don't have any meaning. We give them meaning. We usually give them meaning depending on our upbringing, where we live, and how much like societal input we have taken in on ourselves, if I can say it like that. Thoughts, they are actually sentences. Okay, sometimes they can be questions. But thoughts are like, they are sentences that swim around in our brain. They are like snow or rain. They just keep falling. They just keep falling. Studies show that we have around 60,000 thoughts each single day. Like a human being has around 60,000. And we catch a few of those. Many of them go unnoticed. Just like the heart's function is to pump blood, one of the brain's jobs is to produce thoughts. Those thoughts, they keep swimming and flooding in your head. And because of different reasons, you pick one or a few. And you fixate on it, you ruminate on it, you start pulling it apart, you start believing it. And like it won't leave any time a sentence won't leave your head, it's because you are maybe unconsciously choosing to do that. For example, if you have a sentence in your head, like you are a bad mother, I am a bad mother, your brain will go to work to find all the times you did things that are quote-unquote not fit, not like things a good mother does. If you believe that your child is stubborn, 
your brain will go to work and find you all the evidence of the times your child displayed behavior that you think is problematic. If you believe you're a bad mother, you will, the, your brain will not go to work to find you evidence of you being a good mother. Our brain finds us evidence depending on what we think. If you believe your child is stubborn, your brain will not go to work to find you the things that the, your child did that you do not describe as stubborn. When your child says that she hates you, your brain will go to work to find all the evidence that backs up that. It will go to work to find all the evidence that supports your daughter's sentence. When your child tells you something and you believe it, then your brain goes to work to find all the times you did things that lead to your child's hatred or hating you. Let me repeat. From what we think, from the sentences in our head, the brain goes and finds us evidence to support those sentences. If you believe you're a terrible mother, you're a lousy mother, you can't get this together, the brain will go to work and find you all the times you have done things that are quote-unquote things that bad mothers do, things that unfit mothers do. If you believe your child is failing, maybe she will not amount to anything in the future, whatever it is that you believe, your brain will go to work. Not your daughter's brain, but your brain will go to work to find all the evidence that shows that your child will be failure, is failing, will not amount to anything, whatever. The important thing to learn here is whatever you think, whatever you believe, your brain will go to work to find your evidence. Your brain will reinforce that belief. Your brain will reinforce that thought for you. Like I said, Sometimes these sentences are in question form. They are not only sentences. They come in question form. And every time you have a question lingering around in your head, stewing and cooking, it is going to lead you to confusion. You are going to feel confused. And when we feel confused, we do not take action. We do not do anything because we are confused. We just sit there and, and stew in our own confusion, wasting precious mental energy. So when your brain offers you a question instead of a sentence, always tell your brain to take a guess. I don't know how to do this. That is one that I sometimes do. That sometimes I have in my head, like, I don't know how to do this thing, or I don't know how to fix that thing. And I'll just sit there because I said I don't know. I'm, I like resigned. I will not figure it out because I don't know how to do that. So sometimes I tell my brain, okay, brain, take a guess. How can we fix this? You take a guess and you'll be surprised. Ideas will start springing up in your head. So, why do we believe negative thoughts about ourselves? For example, if your brain tells you a sentence, you're a bad mother. Like, why do we believe it? Why do we go all to the length of believing those things? If your child told you she hated you, why do you believe she hated you? Or she hates you. The reason is our brains are wired. The human brain is wired to prioritize negative information. This is an evolutionary thing. The negativity bias causes us to pay more attention and to give more weight to negative experiences and thoughts compared to positive ones. So as a result, negative thoughts about ourselves stand out more prominently in our minds. Millennia ago, 
many, many millennia ago. Our ancestors lived in caves. They did not have houses. They did not cook their food the way we do. They did not have textbooks. They did not have Google to learn about things that threatened their survival. There was no way for them to know that this animal was dangerous. There was no way for them to know that this plant was dangerous, that this mushroom is poisonous, that this berry can be poisonous. They did not have hospitals to treat poisoning. So if they ate something that was poisonous, or if they ventured out of the cave at night and they were attacked by a wild animal, it meant death. So this is what led to our brain reinforcing the negative part. Everything our ancestors approached, they approached it with skepticism. They relied on their, this part of their brain to guide them and let them live so that they can extend their genes. But the world as we know it changed a long time ago. You and I no longer have the same threats that our ancestors did. We cook our food, we buy our food from the shop, very few of us pick our food from the forest. We cook our food, even the food that we eat raw, we know it is safe. We live in houses, we have electricity, we drive cars. The threat of us being attacked by a wild animal now is minimal compared to when our ancestors lived. But of course, our brain does not know that. Our brain never evolved to catching up with what are threats to our survival today. Your brain thinks that when your child hates you, when your child says, I hate you, that's a threat to your survival. And then you start believing the sentence that your child told you. Sometimes when you forget to bake <laughs> like school cupcakes, your brain interprets that as some kind of threat to your survival. Because when you show up in school and you have it baked the cakes and you know what will Molly say, what will Sarah say of the PTA, and you start ruminating and identifying yourself as a failure because I failed to make cupcakes, I forgot to make cupcakes, maybe I didn't make good cupcakes. And then you start identifying yourself as, as like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get to this together? Like, how can I forget these cakes? It was my responsibility. What am I not seeing? All these things, all these sentences swim in your head and you start believing them. Reinforcing the idea that you are a bad mother or, or failing mother. Sometimes we believe negative thoughts about ourselves because of our past experiences of trauma, criticism, failure, upbringing. We start identifying ourselves from these experiences and they shape how we perceive ourselves in the present. For example, if you grew up in a home where your guardians or parents told you or scolded you and told you that you'll never amount to anything in life, you were failure, you will be a failure, all those things. So every time you face a challenge in the world, you remember what they told you. And you, like, it's like evidence. You know, I understand why I'm struggling. My mother, my father, my grandmother told me that I'll never amount to anything. Anything I'll do, I'll be failing. So you start reinforcing what you were told. But in all honesty, failing at things is normal. Failing at things is how we learn. We fail many times. 
before we learn how to do something. But because you believe what your mother, your father, your grandmother, your guardian told you, you are now creating evidence for that thought that you have. Can you imagine or can you think, take a moment to think about toddlers or babies when they were walking? I learned this from my own children. My son walked at 10 months and my daughter walked at 14 months. And when my son started walking, like he fell a lot. He fell, he stumbled, he hit himself, he beat his lip, he bled a few from his teeth, but he never gave up. Every time he took a, a fall, he cried, we picked him up and soothed him, and off he was trying to walk again until he learned how to properly walk. But as human beings, we think, because of these stories that we have heard, we think that when we fail at something, the first attempt, or even the tenth attempt, if we fail at something, the tenth attempt, that is a stamp of being a failure. Even though many of us have never raised children before, take a moment to think, if it's your first time raising a child, of course you don't know how to do it. Like nobody was born a parent. Nobody was born knowing how to do this parenting thing, this motherhood thing. Of course you are going to fail. Of course you are going to make mistakes. But this does not mean that you are a failure. But because of what you are told when you are growing, you think it is the absolute truth. Your brain thinks like, okay, why bother? We are failures. You remember what grandmother said? You remember what mother said? I'll never amount to anything in this world. You are creating evidence. You are reinforcing the belief that you are a failure. People who lived before us, many all those years ago, set up certain rules and standards about what it means to be a quote-unquote good mother. Our mothers, their mothers, and the mothers before never questioned these standards and rules. They just followed them. And many of us are doing the same today, myself included. But when we give birth to our kids, or when we adopt kids, and people just adopt, when we adopt or give birth to our children, they do not come with a user manual. There is no parenting guide out there. There is no parenting manual out there. We are all just figuring it out. And figuring out something means sometimes we are going to fail. Other times we are going to get it right. But we keep going. But because of these societal standards that I talked about and rules, they are usually unwritten, but we know, like all of us know them. Because of those rules and because we don't question them, when we do not achieve them, we think things about ourselves. We are failures. Why can't I be like Molly? Why can't I be like Peggy? Why can't I be like Nelly? We think that maybe Nelly is the poster child of being a good mother. But we are all different. Like nobody is the same as the next person. These societal standards or rules or beliefs or whatever people call them, they are unattainable. They are like a mirage. They are not real. These are things that people made up. We do not have to believe them. We do not have to measure ourselves against those rules and standards. There is no such thing as a perfect mother. Like what does that even mean? Why do we have to be perfect? Like what is the goal of that? Brain surgeons can be perfect, but we human, other human beings, we do not have to be perfect. 
I do not know of anybody who was born knowing how to be a mother. When we try too hard to be perfect because we think we are failing our children, we think we are not measuring up to the standards that our ancestors set up. Our ancestors were human beings just like you and me. They had brains, you have a brain. You can figure out your own. You can believe whatever you want to believe. You can create your own thoughts. You can create your own sentences to believe. And you can ask your brain to find evidence of you being that sentence that you want. You can determine whether you're a good mother or not. Nobody determines that. You decide if you're a good mother or not. Nobody outside of you can determine that. The point is, sentences are neutral. We give them meaning. We give them meaning depending on how we were brought up, depending on what advertisement we have seen, what movies we have seen. We measure ourselves from the movies from Disney Channel and all those other movies. And when we are not like movies, when we are not mothers, when we do not do what the mothers in the movies do, then we think there's something wrong with us. You know, when we watch, this is what I mean. By, I talk a lot about how advertising influences us. This is what I mean. Like we watch a movie and you see how a mother acts in a movie and then you think you have to be like her and then you are not. Because of course you are not her. Of course you are not. A movie is just fiction. It's just made up. And then you think... I'm a bad mother because you are not measuring up to the mother you see on TV. And then when you think you're a bad mother, your brain will present you with all the evidence of where you have made human mistakes, where you have failed. Like I said, there is nothing wrong with failing. We have just been taught in school to think that failing is wrong. Everybody who's become successful in this world, whether in work, in business, in raising a family, in a relationship, in a marriage, whatever, Everybody who defines themselves as successful, they will tell you they failed a ton before they became successful. So there is nothing wrong with failing. You set your own standards. You create your own sentences to believe. When your brain offers you sentences, you're a bad mother. You don't have to pay attention to them. But when you pay attention to them, it means you are doubting yourself. It means there's an area in your life that you identify yourself with in the sentence that the brain came up with. For example, this is something my teacher, Brooke Castillo, taught us. If I told you that if your brain gave you a sentence that your blue hair is horrible and you did not have blue hair, you would not even pay attention to that thought. Or if I told you that you were a, let me give a, a better example. If I told you that you are a drug dealer and deep in your heart, you knew you were not a drug dealer, you would not even pay attention to me. You would be like, excuse me, is she talking to me? I am not a drug dealer. You would just ignore it and move on. But if you know deep down that you are some sort of drug dealer and I pointed it out to you, we would all get worked up. So when our brain offers us thoughts about us being bad parents, lousy parents, failing mothers, and we get so fixated on those sentences, it means a part of us believes that thought. 
This is where our work starts. This is where we get to question it. If I told you you are a drug dealer and you knew you were not a drug dealer, you would not even waste your mental energy on that. If your brain offered you a thought like stop dealing drugs, you would say like sometimes my brain comes up with the craziest things it says to me. I noticed a sentence in there that said that I should stop dealing drugs. I have never dealt drugs. Move on, next. But when you believe, when you know, or when you believe that you're a drug dealer, or when a part of your body knows that you're a drug dealer, you will fixate and ruminate and try to cover up and deny and make excuses for whatever sentence it has in your brain. Let me repeat. When your brain offers you a sentence like you are a bad mother and you believe it, what do I mean by believing it? When you sit down and ruminate and blame yourself for all the terrible things that you have done, all the things you have forgotten to do on your calendar, the PTA meeting you forgot to be at, maybe your child asked you to do something important and you forgot to do it because you are just human, you are stressed, you have a job, you have a business to run. Some things slide. If you tend to forget, maybe you forget your child's soccer practice and you forget to drive her there. Or you forget to show up or you schedule a meeting in that time when you are supposed to be at soccer practice. And then your brain says, oh, it's because you're a bad mother. If you really believe that you're a bad mother, you're going to beat yourself up. But if you don't believe it, you'll be like, okay, brain, I made a mistake. I forgot. That doesn't make me a bad mother. And you'll move on. You'll not spend mental energy pulling it apart and beating yourself up for forgetting to drive a child to wherever they were supposed to be at a certain time, you know. So our sentences are neutral. We give them meaning. They are just there. They are just falling. They are just swimming. It's like raindrops outside. It's like snowflakes that keep falling. We find one and we identify with it and make it mean something about us. And then we spin out of control. Remember in the previous episode, I said that those sentences or our thoughts lead to how we feel. They drive how we feel. And how we feel drives or leads us to take action or not to take action. So when you believe that you are a bad mother or failing mother, or when you believe that your daughter is stubborn from what she did or did not do, you are going to feel a certain way. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you feel guilty. And when you feel guilty, you are going to do manipulative things to try and control her. When you believe that you're a bad mother, you are going to feel ashamed. And when you feel ashamed, many of us want to hide. We want to hide away. We feel small. We don't want to show up. We ruminate, like we overthink it in our heads. We spend a lot of time in our heads thinking, beating ourselves up. We even ignore the good times that we are, quote, unquote, good mothers. Because I said, whatever sentence you have, the brain will find evidence. You think you're a bad mother, it will present you with evidence of being a, mad, a bad mother. It will not look for the good things, no. It will look for the bad things that you believe in. Your child made a mistake at school, was called in the director's office, whatever, whatever happened. Your child had a fight and you were called at school and you think your child is stubborn or they are bad or whatever you think, your brain is going to present you with all the evidence, all the times they have messed up. 
This is what they mean by, I don't know whether you have heard it, this is what they mean by change your thoughts and change your life. It is normal to have negative thoughts, but we can train our brain to start seeing the opposite, the positive. We were wired to see the negative in everything because our ancestors depended on it for survival. But today, we do not have to depend on the negative for survival. We don't. We can train ourselves, we can train our brains to see the positive in stuff, in our, especially in ourselves. Because the way you treat yourself is the way you treat other people. If you look at yourself in a bad light, in a negative light, you believe everything negative about you, you will automatically believe everything negative about other people. You will not see the good in other people because you don't see it in you. You don't know what that is. So it starts with us. That is why my website is called masteryourwellbeing.com because it starts with us. In order for us to help anybody, we have to be masters of our own well-being. Change your thoughts, change your life. That, I think there's a book that's called that. Change how you look at the same things. The same things. You don't even have to change your environment or anything. But you just have to change how you look at things in your life, how you look at yourself especially. If you think you're failing, of course, you're going to do, the brain is going to present you with failing things, failing evidence. But if you look at yourself and think that, I am trying the best I can. I have never been a mother to a teenager. This is my first time. Of course, I'm going to make mistakes. But I'm learning. Your brain will present you. This is so fascinating. I cannot even say this enough. You open yourself up to positivity, to possibility. Your brain will give you ideas how to do that. My child is, instead of thinking your child is stubborn, for example, you could think... She had a human moment because 13-year-olds, I mostly help mothers who have 12 years, 13 and below, 13 are up to around 9, sometimes 8-year-olds. These kids, their brains are developing. The emotional regulation center is under construction. Sometimes it is on, sometimes it is off. Their high-thinking brain the brain that is responsible for planning and focusing and executing is under development. That is why they are messy. They don't know how to plan. That part of the brain is developing. So instead of thinking your child is being difficult or stubborn, you could just think she's growing. Her brain is not working yet. She doesn't know what to do. Same situation. They call you in the office. Instead of thinking she's stubborn, you could choose any other thing to think and your brain will find you evidence to support that. This is the work I help moms with because like I said in the beginning, I cannot recognize my life. I don't know how I lived without these tools. You can do it. You can redirect your life to what you want to believe. And I help mothers do that. Thank you for listening today. Take care of yourself. You are a quote-unquote good mother because I don't even know what good mother means. You are doing what you want to do. 
You are showing up the best way you can with the resources that you have, the best way you know how. Have a nice day, everybody. Talk to you again next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Your time means the world to us. If you found this episode valuable, we would be immensely grateful if you could spare a moment to visit Apple Podcasts and share your thoughts through a review. Your feedback plays a vital role in helping fellow moms discover our podcast and enrich their own motherhood experiences. Take care and bye for now.